I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this is Poetry Spoken Here. We continue with our special project, the Open Mic of the Air. This is our sixth Open Mic of the Air episode. If you've been missing open mics where you live due to the worldwide pandemic, this is the opportunity to share your work and hear voices from around the world. If you'd like to submit, send a recording, five minutes or less, to openmicoftheair at gmail.com. You can find full submission guidelines on our website. That's poetryspokenhere.com. And now, before we start, let me say what I say at live, face-to-face, open mics. You can rant, you can chant, you can shout, get it out, get it down, get it off, off your chest, off the page. Share your mission, share your glory, share your vision, tell your story. Take a moment in the sun. The mic is open. And our first poet at today's open mic is Nathany Etnoff from the west coast of the U.S. with a poem both personal and and political. Good evening, listeners. I'm Nathani. I'm reading to you tonight from the West Coast, United States. And I've chosen the piece that I'm about to do because I can actually relate to the victim, Judge Floyd, who was killed when when the life was squeezed out of him and he repeatedly said, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. I recently, um, some years ago, I had a situation where I was assaulted and I repeatedly asked my assailant to please release me for what seemed like over 25 minutes. I couldn't breathe. And so this, I can relate with what George Floyd was dealing with. And I want to do this poem because it it took me back to that night and also had me pen these words. I've entitled this piece, It Is My Voice. My voice expresses my choice. It's my position on things as I'm conversing with Lois. Like a flag at appropriate times, I'll keep it hoist. It is my voice. Other good ways I use it is for melody, and if you suffer from something, it can, ser- it can even serve as therapy. It helps me keep poised, make others feel calm. I get to rejoice when I'm using my voice. Too many times I've gotten close to losing my voice. I never understood why different people wanted to deprive me from exercising that choice. Quiet, quieted me when I'd be singing, never regarding the joy it was bringing. Beaten down and choked, beaten down and choked, left to a whisper, my body felt like it'd been put through a twister. I don't own a Rolls Royce, but I own my voice. My one favorite thing that makes me feel free, used in good taste, it's mine. It represents me. It is my voice. 
Thank you very much. Thank you, Nathanie. The power and importance of the voice is certainly a message any poetry lover can relate to. And we thank you for sharing your views and your personal experience. The power and importance of the voice is certainly a message that any poetry lover can relate to. Next up, we move to Winchester, Virginia, on the east coast of the U.S. Our poet is Wayne David Hubbard. He is the author of several poetry collections, and he says when he's not writing, he flies airplanes and teaches chess. We get a lot of interesting people here. Take it away, Wayne. My name is Wayne David Hubbard. I live in Winchester, Virginia, by way of New Jersey. And I am going to read a poem entitled Wall Street. It's a poem that reads like a story and a story that reads like a poem based on true events. A homeless man reading the Wall Street Journal is what stood out to me today. He sits in the library near the window overlooking the boulevard. The man shifts his weight around the chair, grimacing as he reads. Then audible, enough for the acoustic of a silent room, I hear him softly say the words, Ow, 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 in perfect, spacious intervals. I note to myself, this is when most people suddenly recall some item of great importance, rise with purpose, and disappear. And so I stay. Whether he means to express the menace of some invisible pain or if he is trying to draw attention of the other patrons who are now peering ever more intently into their books, magazines, and computer screens, I do not know. I listen now closely for an increase in volume, a change in pitch, some signal divulging lunacy or ruse. He announces each syllable with care, with certain solemnity even, like a muted plea or maybe a prayer. A woman rises from her chair and disappears behind a rack of nonfiction books biographies. At day's end, alone in bed, awaiting the steady advance of sleep, I replayed the event, pausing above the sound of his voice. This is what I see. The contours of a vowel sound, the shape of what lies beneath. Biographies. I say to the empty room as softly as I can, Ow. 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 If you want to learn more about Wayne's work, you can go to waynedavidhubbard.com his website. Next, we move to the Hudson Valley in New York State. Anne Safola 
She is the author of several books, including Free Fairy from Upper Hand Press and Face Painting in the Dark. That's a cool title. And if you like what you hear, you can learn more about Anne by going to her website, annesafola.com. Hi, my name is Anne Safola, a poet in New York's Hudson Valley. I'm going to read a poem that was in the Inheritance issue of Women's Studies Quarterly, Spring-Summer 2020. It's called Inventory. And now, before six, the sun hitting her things, crowding my room inside these pink walls, Stoic brass lamps with cream pleated shades, colonial chandelier on its side, rusted flour sifter, glass baking trays, five from lasagna to brownies, blue bucket of household cleaners, red aerosols and white spray cans, kitchen stool facing down, maroon photo albums with their black felt pages and white penciled inscriptions, iron next to paper cups, spatula and slatted spoon, a Lord and Taylor's box labeled mementos, stack of medical files over five years, ice bucket, wine glasses cleaned and stacked in a brown paper bag, red sleigh of artificial holly and pine, empty file cabinet, glass plates and matching bowls, nesting French souffle dishes, her Lennox golden wreath, discontinued 1980, layered and lopsided in her monogrammed blue towels and several open baskets as if for a picnic, box of light bulbs, and yellow sprinkler with last name printed in magic marker, paintings by mother-in-law, watercolors of Vermont against a wall, black-green marble pattern tray tables, Shakespeare's works in six volumes atop a backgammon box, teddy bear with blue ribbon, and the small sculpture, jade green, nude, carrying water bowl in crook of her neck, without identity, her one purpose in life to hold that bowl, to be admired, to find a place on the shelf. But she has put the bowl down now, wiped her brow, and returns to find it empty, no reflection, no water, no arms, and I cannot find her either in this ether, among remnants of the kingdom, sun sparking the gold chandelier, light green through an old sailor's jug on the wall, how life gets dismantled, and we, once children, anthropologists, fingering recipe cards like hieroglyphics, breathing into the quiet, the extraordinary quiet, after a rain, after it is done, Court dismissed, castle breached, handmaiden without hands. That's a great poem for listening to details, seeing how details really fill out the picture. 
It's a, it's a good lesson. Uh, I'll listen to it again to remind myself. Now we're going way up to Wasilla, Alaska to hear from Caitlin Buxbaum. She is a poet, a teacher, and a former, she puts that in quotes, journalist. Born and raised in Alaska, lifelong Alaskan. She has a Master of Arts in Teaching and a BA in English and Japanese Studies and has written hundreds of articles for the Matsu Valley Frontiersman, her local newspaper. She just had her seventh book published, Interstitials from Red Sweater Press. And this poem, as you will hear, is a tribute to a teacher. And I'd like to mention that Wasilla is the sixth largest city in Alaska and is home to the Iditarod headquarters and museum. Iditarod being, of course, that very well-known dog sled race that happens each year. Hi, my name is Caitlin Buxbaum. I'm from Wasilla, Alaska, and today I'm reading a poem called Pastoralis from my fourth book, The Compendium of Lost Poems. This poem was written for KJ, a pastor who was invited to speak to my environmental education class, which I took in the course of my Master of Arts in Teaching studies. He was an unconventional guest speaker, to be sure, but one whose words left an impact on me. Hence this poem. Pastoralis. If the passion and purpose of a pastor with a speech impediment can't shake your faith, consider his parish of perishing honeybees, beautiful and fragile and deadly, programmed to always go to a better place, just like people provoked by choice or survival. What relevance and risk run so deep in a man's soul, in a man's soil, that it escapes in his every breath, reflecting back and about the mirror of the universe? May we all unearth our own inner apiarists before we meet our final fate. Now we're staying in the West, but we're coming down to Missoula, Montana. Our next poet, Mark Gibbons. Well, it's easy for you to learn more about him and to hear more of his poetry because he is our featured poet on Poetry Spoken Here, episode 131, just a couple episodes back. If you'd like to hear more of what he has to say about poetry and about poetry in the classroom. This poem is a beautiful example of imagery. Suicide Note I am slick bear grass on an alpine slope, the talons of a red-tailed hawk. I am cottonwood bark floating in an eddy, a double rainbow over Flathead Lake. I am cool granite skin. The raven's caw, a mist on Marias Pass. I am comets, the moon, my father's ash. I am bloody, the swatted mosquito. I am frost and dust, a gravel road, the embers of a forest fire. I am fresh turned dirt in the April sun. 
I am the reason you fear the dark. I am licorice, baby, and whiskey breath. I am leather, iron, sweat. I am cinnamon toast and whispering voices that hiss. There is no forgiveness. I am music that puts you on the kitchen floor of the house where you were born. I am Christ, Hitler, Blackie Marquette, buttercups, sauerkraut, and beer. I am chemotherapy, cockleburs on socks, sunrise over the mission range. I am the bones of pottery and thunder. I am wind blowing in stone. I am changing my name to plastic, cold as my blood, clear as a storm. Coming back to the East Coast, we now have Ralph Caracillo from the Hudson Valley in New York. His first book, The Grand Facade, is available through Amazon, and he says some of his poetry is at a place called Calling All Poets. That's callingallpoets.net. My name is Ralph. I'm from upstate New York. For some, for some of them, there is a martyr. For some of them, only an excuse. For some out there, it's peaceful barter. For some out there, meaningless abuse. For some, the dream, the end of martyrs. For some, the dream, return of the noose. For some, it's time for a new charter. For some, it's time to let chaos loose. For all, concord should be the starter. For all, discord, wave the flag of truce. Moving up into New England, Brian Cordell reads to us from Trumbull, Connecticut. He's an associate professor at Bergen Community College, holds an MA in writing from Vermont College of Fine Arts, and his work can be found in the New Haven Review and many other literary magazines. His new chapbook, In Their Final Performance, was recently published by Finishing Line Press. Hi, my name is Brian Cordell. This is a poem from my recent chapbook in their final performance, and its title comes from a Magnolia Electric Company song. The poem is called Spanish Moon Fall and Rise. Soon the moon will falter and vanish from the sky. A waning crescent gives way its last light, and the new moon is a lie, a dark note, empty span, a ghost. Reminder of what the future has planned. So this is what it is to watch a thing die. And to hear the mockingbird's song at night reminds me of magnolias and of the white petals fallen brown, of autumn and soon the moon. I listen again for the mockingbird's lullaby, his song a sadness without reply. But the night, grown quiet, more than I can stand, has emptied itself of birdsong while my forgotten hands tremble, hands that understand and cry, soon the moon. 
Her next poet is a fellow Vermonter, Ralph Culver from South Burlington, Vermont. He has a new book of poems, A Passable Man, forthcoming from Mad Hat Press. His earlier collections are available at bookstores and on Amazon. And to tell you the truth, it was hard to decide where to put this poem in the lineup. It makes a strong political statement. And if your response to it is anything like mine, you may need to hit the pause button when it's over and give yourself a minute to get uh, de-agitated. You'll know what I mean when you hear Ralph's poem. Greetings. This is Ralph Culver. Uh, I'm in South Burlington, Vermont, and I wanted to read a poem, uh, a topical poem, uh, that first appeared um, on the uh, online website, the Newverse News, um, Sunday, May 17th. So if you have an interest in seeing the poem uh, on the page, uh, you can go to the Newverse News online um, and look for the poem. Um, it was Sunday, May 17th. The title of the poem is Threnody by the President for Victims of COVID-19, beginning with a line from Milos. Um, Threnody is a song of lamentation for the dead, um, uh, an elegy, basically. Uh, and the reference in the title, uh, beginning with a line from Milos, of course, that refers to the great Polish-American poet, uh, Czesław Milos. Threnody by the President for Victims of COVID-19, beginning with a line from Milos. One. You whom I could not save... Can we make our peace? There were so many of you. And one body, after all, is very like another. One life is like another, in spite of what you want to believe. The dead, in any language, are still the dead. It's clear that I was confused, lost in the cool, deep grave of my skull as the heat of the day made corpses in the street sit up and roll away from the sun. Addled and jaded, peremptory, determined to dissociate your fate from my own, that was my first test and my first failing. Two, you whom I did not save, can you forgive me? Of course, if it were up to you, I have convinced myself you would have made the same choice. It occurs to me, not for the first time, that our days here are spent entangled in fables, making our excuses one after another. That I have become so proficient, so adept at evading the truth, that I would pronounce myself blameless for every death including my own. Three, you who would not be saved, that army of one who bears my name, I give you thanks for ignoring the pleas of the others and accepting your own damnation in exchange for what now passes for my life. And now we're going back to the West Coast where we began. Phyllis Klein is from Palo Alto, California. Her works appeared in lots of journals and anthologies, 
She was a recent finalist for the Carolyn Forche Humanitarian Poetry Contest. She was nominated for a Pushcart Prize in 2018, and her new book is called The Full Moon Herald from Grayson Books. She lives in the Bay Area for over 30 years, and she says that she sees writing as artistic dialogue between author and readers, an intimate relation-building process that fosters healing at many levels. This is Phyllis Klein from Palo Alto, California, reading my poem, When Your Sun Rises, which I wrote after reading Gate A4 by Naomi Shihab Nye. When trouble comes with its hard edges, when the hard surfaces of life catch you on the floor moaning, when you are abandoned, lost without words, and you've already lost so much, a pet, your favorite sunset spot, a parent, your health, endless possibilities, You were alone to wail, alone while others surrounded you, but only watched your agony. Sometimes that's it, no more. Sometimes something shifts, a softening, ripening, a person speaking in your language. The feeling you get when you watch a mother duck waddling by, followed by her ducklings, such tenderness, Then your corners move a little, your roots find their land through the floor into the homeland of you. There is no better love. It can happen, it can still happen, when it seems lost forever, when hope has all but disappeared. And folks, that is our episode for today from Poetry Spoken Here. And a reminder, we're always looking for submissions. Send a recording, five minutes or less, of yourself reading your work. Be sure to also tell us your name and where you're from. And you can send those recordings to openmicoftheair at gmail.com. Be sure to visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com, for full submission guidelines. I'm Charlie Rossiter. This has been the Open Mic of the Air from Poetry Spoken Here. Be sure to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. You've been listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack Rossiter Mundley. And remember, Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash poetry spoken here. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash poetry spoken here. For more about today's show and other Poetry Spoken Here podcasts, as well as our blog, just visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com. If you'd like to submit suggestions of poets or topics for future podcasts, you can send to our email address, poetryspokenhere at gmail.com.